three, two. Hey, Pelicans fans, welcome back to the Protecting Nest podcast. You know, we're 82% Pelicans, 100% New Orleans. But today we're bringing on somebody from a little bit outside of New Orleans. You know, we, we gotta, we're getting tired of these national media narratives. So we got Hunter Dawkins. He's from right across the state line with the Gazette Gazebo. Hunter, tell us how you're doing today, where they can find you on Twitter, and, and you know, why you've been interested in the Pelicans now that you you running a paper in Mississippi. Man, DOD, it's always good to talk to you, man. You're you're a you're a hell of a guy, a hell of a New Orleans force for any all anything and everything sports wise. And I appreciate the the offer. And uh, yeah, um, as far as the contact with me on social media, the uh, the Gazette is um, our Twitter account is Gazebo G A Z E B O Gazette G A Z E T T E. And on Facebook, we're the real Gazebo Gazette. And then on Instagram, we got a Gazebo Gazette, too, as well. And then, you know, obviously, you want to follow our website. It's thegazebogazette.com. And that's uh, that's the easiest way. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm old school, Dodd. You know, I'm doing print. I'm delivering today. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's all good. But I'm telling you what, the reason that I, I got interested, this was three or four years ago, I've been in contact, kind of pushing my way in. And, and also I did this with the Saints too, but, you know, almost 90% of the people in my area, which is western Harrison County and Hancock County, Mississippi, Almost 90% of those people are New Orleans or have some lineage from a tie way back to New Orleans. Therefore, that pretty much equals about close to 75% of the fans over here being New Orleans coverage fans. And it's it's sad, you know, from the, the national media and from, you know, a lot of the local media over here don't necessarily follow 100%. Well, you know, me, I've, I've been from who that nation and the, the Pelicans fans my most of my existence and before the Pelicans you know I was a little bit of a, of a jazz fan but I'm not old enough really to be a, a Utah more of a New Orleans jazz but but that way uh, you know just that in, in everything is, is a ghost but anyway uh, well, what else you got for me Don? Oh well I, just just We've been doing a media series. We just had Jesse Brooks on from Fox 8. He's been, you know, ingrained right here in New Orleans for a while. People know his background. But let's get a little bit more of your background so people can understand that this ain't just, you know, some some blog boy media. You got some politics background going back to, like, 20 years, you know, to Attorney General's offices, Washington, D.C. You did all that before you come yes, back to, to, the, to the area, correct? Yes, sir. Well, well Don, I'll tell you this. Um, I was... I've been playing ball, football and basketball since I was five years old. And, uh, you know, I just, once I got to the end of my career, really in basketball in high school and in, uh, in uh, college, I played for, you know, a few years in college, not much, but, uh, but that being said, uh, up in DC and I, I went up there, got a, a, a academic, well, not kind of an academic, kind of a community scholarship enough to be able to go. Uh, to Catholic University in Washington, and I just really kind of got involved in the political scene, uh, and it was a lot of the local guys that I worked for up in D.C., the local Mississippi guys, and uh, one of the local New Orleans guys, but as far as, you know, losing out in the area, I never 
essentially left the area. I've always been, had some connection down here, and uh, I've always, you know, been uh, been sort of that southern boy up uh, wherever I've went, either to D.C., New York City, or uh, Chicago, or in, in a little bit of California. So, right. So, it, so having never left the area, even though you were branching out. It, again, those media narratives to get to get this really deep into some Pelicans talk and jump right on it. You don't want to see the Pelicans moved ever because you're from the area. You want to have the team here, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and that's you know, I I, I actually like what you what you posted the other day, uh, Dodd, where you had uh, something about uh, Gail Benson making the statement that as long as she's alive, the Pelicans aren't going to leave, and and I, I know kind of. Miss Benson, kind of indirectly, but you know, of course, if I ever, you know, hear some stuff going on here and there, I, I may try to see if I can get a little bit close to her and say, hey, you know, let's yada yada yada. But that being said, though, um, no, I really appreciate Mrs. Benson and all that she and her family have put in to the New Orleans area, and uh, I've got nothing but you know a pushing for a professional environment because even though everybody down here at least and in the new orleans market are pretty much an essential who dad it's still it's it's having being open to to getting into involved with other things and other cultures so right and what do you think just being from the area you know football is dominated and and, and look some of the same issues they're having over your way they're having in Birmingham with a squadron because, you know, that's football heavy there as well. What do you think about basketball, the Pelicans, the squadron, having that G League team in Birmingham so it's, one, it's a quick trip for Jackson and Trey and Jose and all that kind of developmental stuff, but just for building the brand and, again, making basketball and the Pelicans family that much more entrenched into the area. Well, Dodd, the funny story about that, I've actually been, and I know that, you know, I don't really have any connection with the big-time market up up there, but I was pushing for a long time for the G League team being at the Coast Coliseum in Biloxi. That's an even shorter drive, and it's an even larger facility. They host basketball games all the time, uh, you know, high school and college, and I've been promoting that, you know, everybody can tell you that knows me, and including, uh, you know, Barry Lyons, who was one of the guys, one of my good friends, a Mississippi State Hall of Fame catcher who played for the New York Mets back in the 80s. Um, he brought helped bring the minor league baseball team down to Biloxi. We got the Biloxi Shuckers. And it's, you know, it's just always been trying to be able to bring that market closer to home, at least. And when we got the, the NBA level team down here and we started fishing out to G League, I was really hoping that they could do that, but I do like that there's some a little bit of connection. But back to uh, the promotion of basketball in this area, Dodd. You know, we've had in the state of Mississippi, we've had some big time NBA players. You know, your uh, Monte Ellis, your uh, Jonathan Bender, way back in the day, who I played against in the district. Um, we had uh, Jackie Butler, who played for the Knicks. Uh, there was another couple guys, Mo Williams, a legendary point guard from uh, from uh, Cleveland for from uh, Jackson. Uh, there was uh, Rodney Hood from Meridian. I mean, we had some really stellar players. Devin Booker. Devin Booker is literally right from right. His grandmother lives right across the street from me up in the county. So I mean, it's 
you know, it, it, we've got basketball. We just have to promote it to this area. And, you know, New Orleans is a big help with that if, if it can be possible. Right. You had a good idea on how the team could maybe start branching out, uh, you know, over there promoting, maybe getting some more instead of just the, the people who live in five miles from within the, the arena. Sure. Maybe branching that out to 50 miles, so 45, 35-minute drive, something like that. How, how would you like to see the team branch out even though you own a paper, this could this could be something that applies to all the local or weekly papers in that area. Of course, not only myself included, but you know, to some several local magazines, uh, to the daily newspaper down here. Even though I know it's probably doesn't have exactly as close a connection uh, anymore, but for myself, you know, what I'd branch up and, and ask the Pelican marketing management, hey, look, you guys give me an ad half page 10 by 10 ad you know and i and give me the access to something as far as ticket goes where you had told me uh, dodd about having to scan code or something i can get people out there you know it's i can promote it online i can promote it uh in the newspaper the local newspaper there are people interested you know back when the shucker started about four years ago it was right after i bought the newspaper and the first thing they did, they came to me and said, hey, you know, Hunter, can we do something? I said, okay, well, you promote, you let me promote it, and I'll, I'll make it happen. Every week, every Friday, we had, because they would always have a home game, at least on the weekends, uh, I gave two free tickets. You know, uh, I, what I would do is I'd Facebook Live uh, and, and get people to call in or send a, a message in through email, and I would label them a number and then we just had a number toss and a hat you know and then bam they get two free tickets to games and it's it's you know it, it, i can tell you even though it was minor league baseball those people had a hell of a lot of fun because it's just going there and being a part of it and you know this too dot if you just go to the game if you're in the middle of the crowd you're going to have some fun, man. There's people dancing. They're shooting shirts. I mean, they got that dance cam on all the time. I mean, it's it's going cray-cray all the time. So, Right, and with them QR codes, then if it's you know, they put out different codes, you could really tell where your fan base is coming from. It, that's something exactly. I, I was looking at when I did that five-piece series, looking at how they were marketing and promoting the team and going about it that way. And then you could you could really start a directed marketing campaign, and if you have a large fan base that you find just in a little pocket in Mississippi, you really just maybe send a marketing team out there and really branch out and get you grow where you're already growing is is kind of what I'm thinking on that in a marketing sense. That's the truth, man. That's the truth, and especially with this with this nucleus that I know you and you and I and a bunch of others have been talking about. Those, those guys are into having those crowd there. They're into getting everything going. And, I mean, it's, I mean, hell, you know, you see, like, the 61-foot shot the other day. Jesus, if that happened down by us, you know that current stadium wouldn't go AWOL. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need that kind of moment to happen at home. I hope we get it tonight. And to, to, we're, we're 10, 12 minutes in now. We're a quarter of NBA action into this podcast. Y'all, first, go check us out on DraftKings if you're an NBA, NFL fan. Just go bet up a little dollar, ten dollars, five dollars, whatever. You can still win a hundred dollars in free bets. Go over, download the DraftKings app at the sports book. It's use co- uh, promo code TBPN for the Basketball Podcast Network, 
and they'll hook you up. Bet a dollar, win a hundred, as long as you just in the game. So y'all go check that out. And looking at this action though, going back to the team, let's start at the top. What do you think about what Bi's been doing, especially to get us to that moment, to get that sixty footer from Devontae Graham? It took that B.I. shot at the elbow first. That, that's right, Dot. I'll tell you this. Before before we get going on with the discussion, I know you're all promoting DraftKings, and I'm right there with you, man. I love me some DraftKings. But if you are down here for some reason to the Beau Revise, down the casino, you just want to travel in here, make sure you go on and bet something at least. Uh, and if you're going to go with the Pelicans, just don't bet the money line because they're always going to be on the plus money line Make sure, though, you get down there to those casinos because they're big helpers of mine. They all have good ads. It's good stuff. But anyway, back to the Ingram question. I really think Brandon has done, you know, it's amazing when you bring Willie Green in and the job that he's helped develop Ingram. And I don't, I'm not, you know, knocking Stan Van Gundy or, you know, the coach before him, but, but Ingram, I think, really needed a guy on his level to to you know, coach him to tell him, hey, look, this is what we need you to do. This is one of the things that I think is great about this team this year. You have guys that are playing their roles. They're doing their jobs. They're not trying to go above it. They're not trying to go below it. They're doing their jobs, and they're playing their roles. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you totally on Ingram needing the right coach. First, Gentry was just too affable, and I'm going to use some alliteration here. There's another A. People know I love to see it. Gentry, too affable. Stan Van Gundy was just too aggravating. I mean, you got all those stories about him telling B.I. to turn down the music while B.I.'s out there doing a shoot-around, getting some work in by himself, not bothering nobody. You're a coach. Go to your damn office. You know, I feel B.I. on that one. But you got Willie Green, and he's bringing in the last A, accountability. He's, he's going to coach with love. But he goes at Ingram and is like, well, why aren't you doing all this? And it's because, one, Ingram didn't want to do it for Stan Van Gundy. The players all wanted him out. We all know that now. It's obvious. And then Gentry just didn't hold him to that accountability. They still said, oh, well, they're growing. They're learning. It was it, There was too many excuses. And there's not too many excuses with Willie Green. And we see that when Nikhil held Nikhil against, I think it was Brooklyn. If I'm going back right, I don't have the notes on me. Willie yanked him after the first play. You going to make that mistake again after we just went through all that? You going to get out the game, son. And that's how he goes at Ingram. And here's another A. Ingram appreciates it. And that's why he's out there busting his ass for this team. So would you agree with all that? I certainly would. And I'm going to definitely help you out, too, by telling you that that's everything that you said was 100% because I think Ingram needed that. I think he needed a guy, you know, just to, to step in and say, hey, look, I'm not making as much money as you, but I don't have anything to say. I'm telling you, this is what you have to do. If you follow my path and what I'm telling you to do, we can have some success. And sure enough, they've been having some success here lately. And, you know, I like your analogy about Ingram not really – you know, him having the accountability, he comes to every press conference and he says, look, we didn't do this very well, and this is my, my fault, this is, you know, I needed to do this, I needed to do that. And I think that's something that's quite different than what the Pelicans have seen in the past, you know, just a, a small token guy just saying, "Lay, look, this is where we're at, this is what we got to do, this, you know, not blaming any one player saying, 
this is us as a team. This is where we got to do. This is where we're going. Right, and and this team's been going to about 500 balls since Ingram's been back. They're going in tonight against Giannis and Drew and the Bucks and the Champs. And, yeah, it's yep. going to be tough to come over to Mississippi and bet anything except let me get some points off of you. The Pelicans right now exactly. are, are giving, uh, exactly. taking five. Or the Bucks are, you know, they're laying five, however you want to talk about it. And laying five, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, going past, let's let, just keep running down the roster. Beyond Ingram, Josh Hart has really been stepping up more these the last five games, seven games, I think, more than anybody else. That's even over Giannis. Giannis had great seven-game run 14 games ago when he went Dirk Valanciunas. But Josh Hart's been that second man these last seven games. Josh Hart, I'm telling you what, man. You, you and I have, have watched him up there in the box, and it's literally like that – that man is—he's got a somebody has possessed him when he's out on the floor because he is nothing but going to the basket, you know, making sure that he is being accountable for himself, trying to get his team involved. If he's got a board, he's going to board. If he's got a freaking make a pass, make a steal, I mean, he's going to go after it. He's going 180 percent all the time, and it's you know. I personally think that the, he's picking up a lot of guys around him, like Nikhil, um, I'm trying to think who else, uh, like even Giannis, even though Giannis was pretty, you know, uh, pretty solid when he came in. I mean, I think him and um, and Herb, those two have really picked up their game when they've got Josh, you know, coming at hardcore all the time. Yeah, yeah, and I just tweeted, I hope Herb Jones gets to ask Drew Holiday a thousand questions tonight and hope he learns a thousand lessons. Even if it's bad, even if it leads to a Pelicans loss tonight, a Pelicans wins tonight ain't going to change our fate for the rest of this season. But yeah, if, if yeah. Herb Jones gets something out of this game from Drew and then gets a jump shot, she... Uh, hey, I'm right there with you on that, brother. I mean, it's... Herb is looking better week by week by week, and that's what you want. That's that nucleus level of coming in and really taking care of business. You know, take, doing your responsibility, and that's what I like about it. You know, I think Willie is trying to preach this to these guys. Take care of your business. Don't worry about what, you know, worry about the team, but don't worry about where this person should be. You take care of your agenda, and I'm trying to make sure that if we have all these gaps filled, then we'll be successful. And I think he's right about that. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you if we switch up and go look at the back end of the roster, that's why maybe Jackson Hayes isn't getting playing time, and Najee Marshall especially, I think we're still – Najee thinks he's still in Vegas and is one of the best players on the court, and he, he's not yeah. playing within that team. I certainly agree with you on that, Don. Uh, Najee, uh, you know, and Jackson, for a while there, he, he was he was making, you know, he was doing good things for a while, and then it's just recently just dropped off. I don't really know if it's the fact that maybe he's hearing these trade rumors or whatever, but him and uh, Sato and Najee are just really not, and something is wrong, they're just not balling right. It's, there's no connection I don't know what it is, but, you know, they, uh, they, they're, they've they got to have some pickup in their game. Right. There's points at times that Sadoransky does not look like a basketball player, whereas Trey Murphy just looks like a basketball player whose confidence is completely shot. 
Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Absolutely. You know, uh, I think Trey definitely, there are some games he gets in, and he, look, he looks like he's been playing for years. And then there are some games you think he's a rookie. And, I mean, it's literally like, what? What's, what are you doing? You know, what's, you know, I, well, it's I just think tough to see. He's got some Sorry. shots that have missed the rim by a good foot and a half. I mean, we were both sitting in the press box. Uh, I believe it was yep. the Detroit game, and he come in yep, and come around to pin down, yep. hit, and his shot just was so far off. We all looked around. I think Ollie Fletcher, the social, everybody up there looked like, did we all just see that? Did that shot get blocked? And no, it was just, it was that far off. And he's got a long way to come. Hell, dude, you know, my, my vision, I can barely see shit. And, uh, you know, I could like, whoa, there's something wrong, wrong with that dude. So. Right, right. Well, getting to the middle of the roster, and I would say our core four is obviously B.I., obviously Giannis, Josh Hart, Herb Jones. Everybody else is on the trade block. With all this talk, uh, where do you stand on the Ben Simmons or Fox or Buddy Heald, uh, C.J. McCollum, Miles Turner, Sabonis? What what's your if you're if you're the president of basketball operations, how do you approach the next forty five days? Well, and I definitely uh, I definitely have some uh, you, you know some honor for David Griffin that he you know he's got to do this. It's, it's definitely a tough deal, and you know that he was put in, and you know uh, I'm not necessarily hundred percent behind some of the decisions that you know that they have made, but. You know, it, it is what it is, and we are where we are. Um, as far as uh, Ben Simmons, you know, that's that's just we just need to leave that that crap alone. I mean, that's that's just another point of drama that we, we've already got enough that we're we're getting over now from you know AD leaving and all the rest. And you know, I think that's just creating a situation that you don't want to be a part of right now. And I don't know what your thought is about that, but you know, that's. That's just from my perspective. Well, here's, um, here's the only reason Griffin should ever push in this chips for Simmons, and I think it, just from hearing what I'm hearing, it's the only reason he'll ever push his chips in for Ben Simmons is he hears that he will not be able to get any scrap parts off of any of the other teams once they're done making trades. Say Dame leaves and okay. CJ's available, or the Pacers decide to break it down and Sabonis or Turner or Oladipo, one of them's available. David Griffin's got to look at how he can take that spare part of a $17 million traded player exception and go get some of these spare parts from teams that are breaking it down if Simmons isn't the option he wants, uh, which I don't think he he should be. But if you can't get a CJ, a Miles Turner, a Sabonis, uh, uh, I don't think Bill's going anywhere because Washington's doing well, or a Fox or a Heald, that's when you then go for Simmons because you've seen the free agents – are going to kind of ignore New Orleans until Zion's sure. right. And we've seen how that – Absolutely. So that, that's when you go for Simmons because that's the best person you can get, the best talent, and it's the lowest value. You might not ever find an all-star this cheap again. And you can always now, trade would, him later. I would certainly agree with you on that. Um, you know, just from – from what I had mentioned to you, I certainly I understand Griffin's uh, Griffin's deal with, with the, the thought process of that. If it renders that more, my thoughts would be find a way for CJ or Fox because those two are guards that are relatively consistent 
And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to give you, you know, 40, 50 points, you know, in a single game, but they're going to be consistent, you know, 15, 20, 20, and maybe five or six assists, maybe a couple steals. That's something that, that I think, you know, that, that we need from a guard position. And I'm not saying that Devin's not doing, you know, a decent job because he's, you know, uh, well, for the 61-footer, I mean, he, he was, you know, he was on the lower end of, of the top-level guard play. But, you know, having somebody, you know, that he can work with, I think that that's a good, a good platform. But, you know, as far as it goes with Ben Simmons, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, uh, holding out on that myself. But that's just me. That's my perspective. So, right, right. Like, like I said, that's you got to look at your second and third and fourth moves. If you don't know those moves, well, one, if you don't know those moves, you should be fired. If you don't have nothing, yeah, that, that you're, you're not going to get the first. So exactly. Right, right. Uh, but to that end, what did you think about Gail Benson showing up at the Oklahoma City game? I'm telling you what, man. That's that. That shows a lot. That shows that you have a passionate owner that shows that, you know, she's a hundred percent behind not only the saints, but that, that she's behind her basketball boys too. So it's, Hey, I'm, I'm all about Gail Benson. She's, she, she's a good owner from the, what the remarks that she's made. She's, she's leading us in the right direction. So, you know, uh, let's hope her general manager and, and the staff aboard are, are following her lead. So, Gotcha, gotcha. And follow the lead here. Usually these podcasts wrap up about 30 minutes. We're 25 minutes in. Go ahead let the people know where they can find you again. Go ahead and shout out your ad yes, sponsors sir. too because everybody knows I'll hate on DraftKings. They pay for my Wi-Fi for this shit. But they still ain't legal in Louisiana, so I ain't worried about it. I'm trying to get upgraded to hotel suites. <laughs> Tell Bob Raj to holler. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm telling you what, um, it's, it's pretty easy to find me, Gazebo Gazette on Twitter. Uh, the Real Gazebo Gazette on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. It's Gazebo Gazette, just like on Twitter. That's uh, it's pretty easily. If you you know, I know it's kind of hard to spell. It'd be G A Z E B O G A Z E T T E. But you know, uh, if, if you're reading, uh, you know, uh, Dodd's uh, Twitter or his uh, Facebook, it's pretty easy to find with because he'll spell it out for you. Um, as far as uh, my ads, I've got I've got a great New Orleans ad too, which is is very it's kind of ironic that I have an ad from New Orleans. But uh, the uh, the gentleman lives actually in Pastor Christian, and he's got a big orthopedic clinic. Uh, let me look. It's uh, got the paper back here. I'll bring your paper tonight, Dodd. Uh, but it's uh, the Southern Orthopedic Specialist. Uh, let me see. I gotta look and see their address on here. Their address is one eight one zero Lindbergh Drive in Slidell. That's what he's promoting his Slidell office. But he is—he's uh, got an office on Napoleon in uh, New Orleans. Southern Orthopedic Specialist. That's a big, a big advertiser for me, and also the Mississippi Aquarium, and also for your New Orleans crowd. Which the, they have the Saints show here every Monday night. Silver Slipper Casino is one of my favorite ads. One of the guys that's the managers there, John Ferrucci, great guy, uh, big time props to him. And uh, that's that's it, Dot. I appreciate you. 
Oh, man, I appreciate you. I have to get over there for one of them shows. I've been meaning to, but crossing that bridge is just so tough when I can sit right here and eat red beans every Monday. So, I'll see you in the press box. Fans, hey, I appreciate y'all coming around to the Protected Nest. If y'all could, just step over there to whatever your podcast app is. Throw us a five-star review. We'll keep bringing this stuff at you more and more as we ramp up to maybe Zion's return, maybe the next big trade, or maybe the next time we got to look at these lottery balls. But... I hope y'all hit big. I hope we win big tonight for Drew's return. Again, thank y'all so much. Protecting us.